Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Condon, Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Appreciate you spending some of the morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, Kyle Irving uh, from the Sporting News is going to join us about 15 minutes or thereabouts. We will recap uh, the draft with uh, the Sporting News, Kyle Irving, some of the uh, picks that he liked, some of the head scratchers, if he did indeed identify any of those. That coming up at 1020. Tom Caker was at Madison Square Garden last night. Uh, he's making his way back to Iowa, but he will join us at 1035. Um, he's making his way all the way out there. I'm assuming he had some Keegan Murray availabilities, uh, so we'll uh, find out uh, Tom's night, get a recap of the uh, draft from Keegan Murray's perspective through the voice of Tom Caker coming up here about 10.35. Dave Sproud, 11.05 on Iowa State. They had a media availability early in the week. Basketball uh, availability is T.J. Otzelberger and a couple of the newcomers uh, met the media. And then Mike Palm from Circus Sports. He's going to go at 11.30 here this morning. Circa uh, put out their uh, uh, divisional odds. NFL divisional odds came out yesterday. I will do that. Maybe a little game five tonight. Catch up with our friend Mike Palm uh, from Circa. Well, Trent Condon, good to speak with you. A little history has been made. Yeah. Uh, last night as Keegan Murray becomes the highest uh, drafted Hawkeye ever of all times. How about that? Pretty big day for Iowa basketball overall. Yeah, you they got get, a lot of recruits too, yeah, right? They pick up Cooper Koch, who is J.R. Koch's yeah. son. Made me feel very old <laughs> with Cooper committing there. And a guy that, an Indiana kid, that it offers from Purdue in Indiana yeah. and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. A very highly regarded guy. This is not just a legacy to be a legacy. Like many people thought Keegan Murray was going to be. This is a guy that has some top-level offers, and he commits. They also get their point guard and the Harding kid from the Quad Cities that we alluded to yesterday with David Eichold. So that one-two punch during the day. And then last night, the Sacramento Kings Mm. nabbing him at number 4. Keegan becomes the highest draft pick in Iowa basketball history. And it's been interesting, both last night and into today, reading a couple of articles that have... Because I asked this question to Eichel, you know, what's this doing on the recruiting trail? And he said it's been very good. And Fran has done a good job of of showing recruits now. You come here, not only an opportunity to play at the level, but you're going to play a fun style. You're going to play in a way that we are going to maximize your talent, certainly offensively, and give you an opportunity to move to that next level. So kind of fun to watch how this is playing out and what Fran is doing at this point, what, 13 years into his Iowa career, now getting this. Keegan Murray, the fourth pick That's in the great. draft. Now, Happy for him. Uh huh. There, there's a caveat we got to put in this. He's going to Sacramento. Is it the worst organization in professional sports? Well, what else is in that conversation? Professional sports. Detroit Lions. Just because of their ineptitude. I'll throw my Jets in. Not, not the New York Jets. When it, nobody wants to play there. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Small market. Right. Terrible I mean, weather. Awful weather. I mean, they're well. They're pretty well run, but it's they're up against it. Mm-hmm. Sacramento is, I mean, it's, it's, it's self-induced, mm-hmm. right? Uh, is it? The, remember the Bengals were always the laughing stock. They were. And then it became the Clippers who became the laughing Absolutely. stock. 
I, who was the baseball laughing stock? Was there one? Not really, because there really hasn't been. Uh, you look at like the Marlins. They won two world championships. They have two world championships, and yeah, they built it up and tore it down, uh-huh. but they won. Right. So you can't throw them no, into the mix. No, 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 no. Because, well, back when it was Wayne Huizinga, he paid. Mm-hmm. He spent the money. He went out and did that. Tampa's a dump where they play. Yeah. But they've been the to organiz- a World Series. And the organization's incredible. Uh-huh. I mean, you look at the front office and what they do and how, I mean, they have revolutionized things. And then mm-hmm. Freeman goes out and says, well, I'm going to take this $40 million payroll and I'm going to get $300 million with the Dodgers. Right. And look what he's been able to do with L.A. But yeah, baseball, I don't know if there is a, a true comp. Uh, Even the, the A's right now, where they're at, maybe. But right now, but look at historically what the 70s, they've been. They were great. Yeah. Well, and even you look at recent history over the last 80, decade. Eighty nine, they played for a World World Series. They are good. What three out of every eight years, something like that, that they're able to put it together yeah. and at least have a competitive yeah. team. Yeah. The Kings haven't been to the playoffs since two thousand six. Yeah, they're they're brutal. They're brutal. In now, the NBA, where sixteen of the thirty teams make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Over half the league makes it, mm-hmm. and they haven't got there. That's ineptitude of a mm-hmm. completely different level. The Lions have been in the playoffs. Yeah, hasn't gone well. Nope, or you long, <laughs> or long. But they have been there. It's the it's the, the Kings. The Kings is the answer to the question. It's no longer the Clippers. Mm-hmm. No. Clippers are spending money. New yeah. ownership. Uh, they're they're going to one day they'll crash through. At least get to uh, an opportunity to do so. Don't have a racist anymore running no, the team. That's a positive. Exactly. The Bengals played for an AFC championship. Yeah. Um. They won an AFC championship. I'll, if it would have should have won a Super Bowl. Um. There's it's the Kings. Now Tyrese Halliburton was the er- king. Yeah. And he got out of town. He did. And you know what? If you think back to that trade, he was disappointed in to the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it, it jolted him a little bit. Um, he, maybe the tide's turning. I don't know. But, boy, the consensus was, it's too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's great that you're four overall. <laughs> right. But you know where you're going, right? Well, and the other part in hearing kind of the national landscape about this is because most people anticipated it was going to be Jade Nivey at four but he never went to Sacramento. He didn't want to go there. Jaden Ivey did everything in his power to make Sacramento not happen. Mm-hmm. But there were teams that were making calls. Apparently the Pistons fielded a number of calls. Are you willing to move the fifth pick? Because Ivey was still there. Well, if people are making that call at five, they certainly would have been making it at four. And from the Sacramento perspective, even if it's moving down a couple of spots mm-hmm. and possibly still getting right. Keegan Murray, who they really did want, that again shows the ineptitude. <laughs> and, and that's... right. It's terrible for Keegan that some people on the national scope are putting it that way. And I heard a lot of people say, this is not a knock on Keegan Murray. This is a knock on the organization. You had a spot where a lot of people wanted that fourth pick to get Jaden Ivey, and he didn't move out of it. He didn't move out of it, and it goes back to that. We will see how this plays out ultimately for the organization. For Keegan, though, what a night it had to be. Oh, my gosh. Seeing Kenyon up uh, up there with him, the tears in his eyes, and Mm -hmm. just... Of course. He... They had a Western, him and Chris had a Western Illinois offer. So wild. Before the Western Illinois offer, they thought they were going to Mankato State. Hmm. That, that was their highest level offer. A D2, a good D2 team, but right. a D2 team, and you become the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, Keegan Murray was used as an example a lot at the table last night with Perkins and Jay Billis. What do you think of the coverage, ESPN's coverage of the draft? I really get a kick out of Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. Some of his comps are just mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous and hilarious, <laughs> right. and I, I just, I really get a kick out of him. Did because, you miss Fran Fraschilla not being there? 
I'm not that big of a Fran guy. Mm-hmm. He's a little overbearing at times yeah, for me. Yeah, that's true. If you didn't play in the Big 12, you suck. Or internationally, basically, yeah. at this point. That's where Fran has gone a little bit maybe off the deep end. Yeah, we get it. He does a lot of Big 12 games, mm-hmm. and he knows those coaches and, and those players incredibly well. Feels like maybe he's tipped the skis over just a little bit with that. Billis, same kind of thing. You know, for the NFL draft, which is just everything, the pomp and circumstance, the three days. Is, is, I mean, they're not even You can't even no. compare, right? The NFL's in a league of its own. Absolutely. And then the other three drafts, I mean, I don't know how you'd rank. A Major League Baseball, I would guess, would be last, right? Yeah. I mean, because at least even with hockey, you probably have a little bit more if you're a hockey fan backbone to it. I know they're college baseball fans, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. And then you got all these high school prospects. It's a completely different. Yeah, it's, it's the NFL. Huge, huge gap. gap. NBA gap. You you can decide. Yeah, where do you want the other two? Um, but yeah, good night for him. What did uh, any of the picks surprise you? Bancaro well, going one overall when it seemed like a Smith Jabari Smith was and and Woj got this wrong by the way right which is crazy so you look upon the way this played out so yesterday morning all of a sudden the betting markets as people were waking up had gone crazy uh-huh. the previous night and all of a sudden Paulo is the number one the the betting favorite people baffled by that so it goes through the day and it basically and maintain until Woj throws out a tweet saying no that's not right this is what it's going to be and Woj was wrong yeah. And the betting market had mm-hmm. it right once again. Right. What does that say? I mean, what, what does that say that people that don't have the same context, is certainly Woj, but the people and the well, betting market dictating, yeah. this is the way it's actually going to be. Mm-hmm. What, what get, what I, I get a kick out of him. He's on ESPN's payroll, and he's still tipping picks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Spurs are showing a lot of interest in, or right. you know, fill in the blank, right? He's using all kind of different yeah, verbiage right. to try to say it without saying it. He doesn't yeah. want... But we know five, sometimes ten minutes before the pick of what it's going to be. That, though, the way that played out and just seeing the difference between a news generator, a news gatherer in Woj, and the betting market. And I just love that the betting market had it right. Well, we'll talk to Mike Palm about those things or that. Did you see the uh, divisional champions uh, were put out on no, I didn't. yesterday? So I'm guessing I could run through all eight divisions and you would identify the favorites. You want to try this exercise? All I right, think it's let's pretty do it. easy. Uh, so the AFC East favorite is? The AFC East is the Buffalo Bills. The South is? The, you may. It's, the Colts. Yes. Okay. East, NFC East. NFC, NFC East. Yeah, NFC East. Oh, Cowboys. Yeah. NFC South. NFC South is Tampa. AFC North. AFC North is Baltimore. AFC West is Kansas City. You are home free. NFC North, Green Bay. West, the Rams. Ding, 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 ding. So eight for eight. Went eight for eight, yeah. I'll tell Paul. I mean, what, if you need a little consulting work, I'm right here. But what they have done. I work cheap. <laughs> you do work cheap. Um, what they have done that I love this opportunity at Circa so all of those teams that are favored, mm-hmm. you, they then c- took the other three teams and grouped them together. So the Bills are minus 240, uh-huh. or any other team. Ooh, this, 
All right, all right, all right. That that's a really good I idea. I love this bet. Yes. And and you were right. You hesitated most on the AFC South where mm-hmm. the Colts and the Titans are the two closest uh, as far as betting numbers. Um Saints got a lot of love, but the Bucks are an overwhelming favorite. So you can take the Colts at minus buck 25 or any other team. Titans, mm-hmm. Jags or Texans at minus a buck 5. I like that bet. Yes. I'm going to play this bet. You are. Yes, I am. You're going to jump aboard. Yes, huh? right. I'm not sure because Look, I like the Bills, I like the Colts, I like the Cowboys. I don't... If I had to... Is Tampa Bay a cinch? I mean, if it's not them, who's going to run them down, right? That's that's the, that's New the Orleans? thing. New Orleans? That would be the only team. A healthy Jameis? Maybe. Maybe. Um, AFC North seems as though the mm-hmm. Ravens may not get there. I still think the Chiefs win the West. I do. But I, think it's, I think it's a lot closer. But you're getting those other three teams. Right. You're getting those other three teams. And what I mean, money? What, what money do you, you get? Got a, you, it's a minus 235. Okay. So pretty significant. Right. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, the NFC North? Any other teams plus a buck 70? The plan. You like the Bears? You like the Lions? No. Lions it, are getting better. But are they going to win the division? No. I don't think so either. Vikings? Fight, yeah, seem destined for another nine and eight, eight and nine. Probably season. one of those, right? And out west, and the Seahawks are well, Drew Locke's a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> I love Drew Locke. Um, not as much as he once did. No, not as much as I. But he was wearing the blue and orange. I, I'm not a Cardinal guy. I don't think the Cardinals um, are are ready to break through. So can I bet I on them to be good in October to have the division lead at the end of October? Yeah, you then I'd feel a lot not, better with the Arizona Cardinals. Problem. That's not a bad problem. Another thing they have at Circa that uh, I just started a little bit of work on is yes, no to make the playoffs. Very simple. Mm-hmm. So don't worry about the division. Just get in. Yep. And on the local front, well, let's take a look at the locals, the Bears. You think the Bears are going to surprise? Justin Fields has taken the leap, plus three sixty-five just to get in. Seven teams do make the playoffs. The no, minus four fifty-five. Uh, let's go to your Broncos next. The yes, got to lay money, minus one fifty-five. The no, plus one thirty-five for the Broncos to again just make the playoffs. The Chiefs, minus two forty is the yes. The no, plus two oh five. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit further here. As we get through the locals, the Packers, big price, five twenty-five, just to get in, not to win the division, just to get get in. in. Yep, plus four fifteen on the no. If you think there's a step back and a pretty major one for Green Bay this season, and finally, so I think there's a step back. I don't know if it's a big enough step back to miss the playoffs. Right, Right. the Vikings, minus one to get in, minus one ten on both sides. Will they or won't they? It tells me that they're seven, eight in their pecking order somewhere yeah. around there. When they power rank them, there's either seven or eight. Uh, I would say no. I think I would lean no at I this point. I would lean no, but I, well, we've been waiting for three years mm-hmm. for the Packers to take a step back, and they haven't, mm-hmm. certainly in the regular season. How many? So, so let's go through this. Um, how many uh, AFC North teams get in? How many AFC North teams? Two. Okay. Oh, we're doing Vikings. We're doing North. So, so let's so let's get them into the playoffs in the NFC. So the NFC East. How many teams get in? Cowboys two. and you think the Eagles get in? Maybe. Okay. And maybe the Commanders. Remember they were there two years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, Carson Wentz is a quarterback. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Just want to remind you. Yeah. Uh, NFC West. Rams are getting in. Yeah. Niners are getting in. Two. Could the Cardinals? No. Okay. Two. Packers three. Um, 
Cowboys four, Eagles five, Bucks six, Saints in? No. Then the Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. I love the minus one ten on both sides. Uh huh. I do too. So you can bet that right now. It's up on the app page at the Iowa. Just download it. Go to Circus Sports slash Iowa. You can download the app there if you haven't already. And you can also hang out with us coming up in August for the big football contest. We'll talk about that more with Mike Palm. Indeed we will. All right, Kyle Irving coming up. We will talk to our buddy from the Sporting News. Uh, don't forget, I forgot to mention this when we were previewing the program today. Another opportunity for four of you to win some barbecue from Claxons. That will come your way uh, at about oh, 11.50 or thereabouts. Uh, we've got some baseball in there. We've got some hockey in there. Game number five tonight. We're just going to do a, you know, a Buccaneers, uh, a Buccaneers. The Lightning versus the Avalanche. So we'll go head to head on that one. Before of you, again, if you've played in the last 30 days, you are ineligible to participate. Look for that coming up here about 11.50. Kyle Irving, you will look for him coming up here momentarily. We will get into the draft, what he liked, what uh, who, who swung and missed. Let's pick our buddy's brain, Kyle Irving, who's been so good to us all, all uh, playoffs long uh, during the NBA playoffs, and he joins us. Kyle Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Kyle. How are you? Of course, I'm doing well. Ready to go. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get into it. So the top five, there seemingly was, um, you know, I don't know if it was a if it was uh, a bombshell that Bancaro went number one. A lot of folks thought it was going to be Jamari Smith was going to stay there. So the top three, uh, any problems with Bancaro, Holmgren, and Jabari Smith? Did uh, I, I guess did Orlando get it right taking Bancaro one? So I mean, I. I kind of been on Team Paolo Bencaro for a while here. I think he's just the most NBA-ready player in this draft class. I started talking myself into the fit with Jabari Smith Jr. in Orlando, but at the end of the day, I think the Magic ended up taking the best player in this draft at number one, so I do think they got it right. I just think that his skills are a little bit more advanced than ben- than uh, Jabari Smith, excuse me. Um, he's an elite passer. He can score from all three levels of the floor. You know, he's a better shot creator than Jabari Smith is. You know, Jabari might have him on the defensive end, but I do think that Ben Caro, uh, you know, is capable of more than what we saw uh, defensively at Duke. So, you know, even though it felt like all the way up until the final seconds, Jabari Smith was going to be the guy. I think Orlando ended up getting it right. So then we have Chet Holmgren, who comes in at number two. It was something that had been, if he was there, he was going to go to. It felt like we knew that from the get-go. How does he translate in your mind? How, how does he work at the next level? Just such a different kind of player. Seven foot two's got the wingspan, but he's got just the lanky frame along with it. He doesn't back down. He doesn't no, play like a skinny guy. Attitude, I agree, Trent. He can shoot it from the yep. outside. How does he translate? Does he translate in your mind to NBA All Star, good player, or are you scared about that bus label that might happen with Chet Holmgren? I mean, it's hard not to be scared about the bus label just because his size is so unprecedented in the NBA. Like. The only other player in the league that is, you know, at least seven feet tall and under 200 pounds is his teammate Alexei Pokusevsky, who the Thunder drafted two years ago, uh, and he's very much a development project. But, you know, he's nowhere near as talented as Holmgren is. Um, you know, I think that right now, I think his ceiling in the NBA as a rookie, let's say, is a secondary scorer behind someone like Shea Gildas-Alexander and an elite rim protector. He's one of the best defenders in this draft class. He's an incredible shot blocker. He knows exactly how to use that 7-6 wingspan. He has really good timing. And I think that at his ceiling, he's a defensive player of the year caliber rim protector. Um, but I do think that, you know, he's going to have to figure out how he fits in with the physicality of the NBA. And part of that's going to have to, you know, play into a role of what the Thunder put around him. Like, is he going to be able to be your traditional five? Or can he be a four and be a help side rim protector? 
I think the answer is probably the latter for his rookie season. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you know, he's also a walking mismatch for other bigs, you know, trying to guard him out on the perimeter. So it kind of works both ways. But I do think that, you know, uh, when you look at the whole package and you look at how unique his skill set is, and on top of that, exe- you know, the Thunder took clear direction with what they're trying to do last night with, you know, length and unique skills and the, the four uh, different players that they drafted. So I think they got it right with Holmgren at two as well. We'll get to that other great uh, defensive player and shot blocker, Walker uh, Kessler, in a few minutes because I, 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 th- I like the Timberwolves pick. I want to pick your brain on that. But let's go to number four. And obviously a lot of interest in the fourth pick here is Keegan Murray from Iowa uh, is a Sacramento King. Great for him. Uh, just just the franchise. Trent and I were bantering this around uh, earlier. We're not sure that there's a worse franchise in, in, in professional sports uh, in this country than Sacramento Kings. Um, for, for whatever reason, they, they can't make the playoffs. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to stay there. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he may have been the uh, uh, maybe may the, the trend breaker, if you will, because it seemed like he was he was happy there before they moved him out. Your thoughts on the fit Keegan Murray to Sacramento? I think that that's exactly what it was. The Kings drafted for to fit a need. Uh, while everybody had Jaden Ivey as the fourth best player in the draft, myself included, I do understand that they kind of already cleared up a logjam in their backcourt last season, like you said, trading Tyrese Halliburton away, trading Buddy Heald away. So I think that they clearly, you know, they made their decision that they're going to go with De'Aaron Fox and they're going to try and commit to Davion Mitchell, who they drafted last year. And then they need to fit, you know, the, the spot that um, they had kind of sacrificed there. At, power, at the power forward position. They're going to play him and DeMontis Sabonis next to each other. And those are two extremely talented big men. I mean, Keegan Murray can legitimately guard one through five. DeMontis Sabonis is an incredible passer. De'Aaron Fox is so fast. I think that trio is something that Sacramento can kind of use as a core to build around. And it gives them a, you know, a different look, something a little bit different than if they were to go with Fox and Ivy, who are kind of similar players. So... Sacramento, not a great organization. Keegan as a player, though, leaving even the Kings aside, how do you think he is going to be? Do you see the upside that some people see? Is he just a solid player with not a a ton of maybe all-star kind of upside? How do you think Keegan Murray, how he's going to translate early in his career? No, I absolutely think Keegan Murray has all-star upside. I think that people that uh, you know don't see it that way are kind of, they're looking at a a shorter view. Like, he's very NBA-ready now. And he has a lot of polished skills, but I don't think that doesn't mean that he can't get better. Um, he's someone that doesn't need a ton of touches to score a lot of points. He was one of the most efficient scorers in college basketball last year. He shot over 50% from the field. And I think he almost shot 40% from three as well. He doesn't need 20 shots to score 20 points. He's someone that can, you know, playing off a of passer like uh, DeMontis Sabonis and a, and a playmaker like De'Aaron Fox, I think that he's going to make life really easy for them. He's a very, very multi-talented defender. Like He can guard on the perimeter. He can protect the rim. And I think that those are the type of tools he players that really thrive in the NBA today, those power forwards that can do you know, a lot of different things. He can play the three. He can play the four. So I do think his versatility, uh, just his ability to guard up and down the positional chart, and his ability to score from all three levels of the floor, I don't see how someone couldn't see all-star level potential from a player like that. Let's drop down to 22. Of course, the uh, the T-Wolves G League team is uh, plays in downtown Des Moines, the Iowa Wolves. Walker Kessler, uh, who's a terrific shot blocker. He's a big dude. He's, he's got some size to him, too. He's not uh, you know, like, like uh, Chet Holmgren. He's got, he's got some weight behind him. So... And the and the rumors out there that D'Angelo Russell is going to be shipped out of town. Your thoughts on Walker Kessler, the fit with the Timberwolves? Uh, is he an impact guy right away? Might we see him down here uh, to begin with? And what's going on with Russell? What are you hearing? 
I would think that Kessler is someone that sticks with the NBA squad right away. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they drafted a backup center with their first uh, their first draft pick. Like that was kind of my only hesitation with that. But also at the same time, we saw in the playoffs last year that Carl Anthony Towns cannot stay out of foul trouble, so it might not be the worst mm-hmm. thing to have a reserve for him. Um, I do think that I have some concerns about Kessler just because he is a little slow footed. It's going to be tough to defend on the perimeter and pick and rolls when you know in today's NBA everyone's targeting mismatches. Uh, but I do like the fact that he can shoot the three a little bit. He was the best shot blocker in college basketball last year. He almost averaged five blocks a game. So, you know, he brings it defensively. And then in terms of D'Angelo Russell, it does sound like he's probably going to be on the move at some point this offseason. I'm very curious to see what the return is there. I think that they are going to need another playmaking point guard in return. Uh, as good of a passer as D'Angelo Russell is, he can be shoot first sometimes. And I think that, you know, they kind of want to establish a clear pecking order with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. So I think, uh, you know, the, the Timberwolves are kind of positioning themselves to make those types of moves. But I, I did think it was interesting that they went with a reserve center with their first pick last night. So we got the draft happening, but the intrigue of the NBA is what's going to be happening here with free agency, sign and trades, including possible reunion with LeBron and Kyrie out in L.A. Kyrie Irving had a list of teams that he would be agreeable to a sign and trade Here's the problem. None of those teams have cap space to actually get them. Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Heat, Mavs, and the 76ers. Kyrie, he's a weird dude. I think that's putting it very bluntly. He is a different kind of cat. How does this play out? And if the Lakers could swing a deal and make this happen, are you a believer of the Lakers, at minimum, being back to being a playoff team? I mean, how funny is that? Like, in today's day and age where a player can not even formally request a trade, but somehow release a list of teams who all basically cannot sign him. It's almost like, right. hey, these are the teams I want to yep. play for. Find a way to make it happen. <laughs> but, um, you know, I do think that if Kyrie goes back to L.A., even though, you know, the inconsistencies, of you never know if he's actually going to show up and play or, you know, if he's going to be on the sidelines, he's going to practice. Is he feeling it today? Is he not? Uh, I do think that if he were to end up on the Lakers, I mean, that's a playoff team again. Him and LeBron are a deadly duo even at this stage in LeBron's career and you know just the prolific scorer that Kyrie is when he is on the floor I do think that he's still a ceiling raiser uh, as an all-star guard obviously Uh, the question just is how does that happen you know I've seen a few different things about how he would have to take like a mid-level exception deal type deal which is only like five something million dollars to go to LA like do I really see Kyrie doing that I don't know if he wants to play with LeBron again that badly especially where I feel like some of the other situations with some of the other teams that you mentioned, I feel like have a little bit more uh, wiggle room in terms of just assets to give up to get a player like Kyrie. But I, there is still part of me that thinks that this is all just a leverage play to try and get the deal that he wants in Brooklyn. I mean, he knows that if he leaves, KD is also probably likely going to try and yep. head out of Brooklyn as well. At least that's the report. So, you know, I think that he's trying to use a little bit of that leverage of, hey, if you don't pay me, this whole thing might blow up in front of your face in Brooklyn. Uh, I love to bet NBA futures, Kyle, and I won't hold you to this or against you. <laughs> hold it against <laughs> you if you lead me down the wrong path. Uh, but give give me a team next year that you're looking that you think maybe might be this year's Golden State, right? Or or this year's even Boston, who got there and, and gave the people that uh, that bet on them early certainly uh, a thrill throughout the season. Is is there a team that made the playoffs that next year's their year? They were on the outside for whatever reason, but watch out for next year. Who have you got your eye on, if any? Hey, I think for a hot second, I was almost leading you down the right path to that Jalen Brown Finals MVP pick. If the Celtics could have figured that one out, he he had a chance of getting that one over Tatum. Um, 
But I do think that next year, at least when I was looking at the odds, I was pretty shocked at how low the Denver Nuggets are. If you're talking about a value play, I feel like that's a team that could be a pretty good bet for the future. I mean, they have everybody coming back. Jamal Murray didn't play a single game this year. Michael Porter Jr. only played 10 games. So I think that, you know, the the Nuggets are the type of team that they have the reigning back-to-back MVP. They're getting two of their best players back. I feel like they're already starting to craft this roster and and kind of they they realize what they were missing last year when they were missing those two players. And I think they're going to be a serious threat as a contender next year. I'm sold. (laughs) Going to make a fire right (laughs) there. I looked at the Lakers. They're 22-1 to right now at Circa. Eh, It's LeBron. He's still going to be there. I just don't know if they can figure it out. What about the Grizzlies? We saw the run this year. Did it without John Morant late in the playoffs after his injury. Grizzlies right now are 14-1. to They got so much young talent. Maybe they can make a move to bring in a veteran guy. Maybe a guy like Kevin Durant, who if Kyrie leaves, you figure he's going to be asking for his way out of Brooklyn. How about the Grizzlies at 14-1? to I'm actually curious. Do you have the odds in front of you? Is that above or below Denver ranks? Uh, Denver was, let me find the Nuggets. I just looked at them a moment ago. They're also 14 to 1. So, same price at them okay. currently. All right. That sounds about right. No, I do think that Memphis is also kind of in that same realm. I mean, we saw them get to the conference semifinals last year with John Morant basically playing on one leg at one point. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I mean, even though I think the Warriors are playing with their food a little bit, I do think the, the <laughs> Grizzlies were pretty damn close to advancing to the Western Conference finals. And at that point, I don't see why they couldn't have beaten Dallas. So, I do think that Memphis at 14-1 to is also a pretty damn good value play just because John Morant's going to take another step. I'm confident in saying that. Guys like Desmond Bain are a lot better than people think. Like I think he's someone that yeah. uh, maybe even borderline all-star. And mm-hmm. I think that they're going to try and continue to build that roster. They have the pieces in place and they have assets to trade to kind of craft that roster the way they need to. Uh, to you know, take that next step as a championship contender. So I think Memphis is also a pretty good play at fourteen to one. Kyle, my last thing for you: talk me out of betting Shaden Sharp for Rookie of the Year. Ooh. Oh, I can, I can do that very easily for you. I do like Shaden Sharp, yeah. but I just think that it's going to be tough to be Rookie of the Year playing behind two guards like Damian Lillard and yeah. Diamond. Like I think that he he might even have trouble starting right off the bat because I'm assuming they're probably going to start uh, Josh Hart and, and Jeremy Grant, who they just traded for. And I still think that they're not done making roster moves. I think that he'll be more of kind of like a sixth man. I think he'll be solid. I think he'll be a good contributor off the bench. But it'll be tough to win sixth man of the year in that role when some of the other guys are going to be starring. Kyle, listen, we sure appreciate the, what uh, what you did for us uh, throughout the entire playoff run and recapping the draft and taking a look, uh, quick look at next year. We won't lose your number, Kyle Irving. <laughs> we will be back in touch next year. Kyle, listen, seriously, uh, we do appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Of course, Trent, anytime, you know. Good to talk to you. Kyle Irving, as uh, we talk a little bit of uh, NBA. So I got these odds in front of me, the NBA Rookie of the Year odds. We'll soon be able to bet this, Trent. Yes, July July the 1th. We're a month, a week away. Yes. (laughs) Paolo Benchero, your betting favorite, 3-1. to Yeah. Jabari Smith right behind him, plus 350. Jaden Ivey, plus 475. I get that. I do get that. Yeah. He's going to have the ball in his Mm -hmm. hands a whole bunch uh, for Ivey. Keegan Murray, 8-1. to 6-1? 6-1? to 5-1. to one. Is this, this is an offshore that I found this one at. Uh, Shaden Sharp, you can get a 12-1. to one. And I will, but I'll do it legally. Shaden Sharp. He hasn't played in a year and a half. I know. I just... Um, He's listen. Canadian. I know. He you, is, you can't see past and, him. And just listening to Billis just rave about him. How about this one? Here's my flyer. Okay. Oche Abaji, 20-1. to one. Where did he go? I don't even know where he went. Oh, he... um, uh, Cleveland, right? Yeah. Yeah. With the Mobleys. 
as they took older brother Baji. in round two. Oh, Baji. 20 to 1. What the flyer? He can score. Yeah, these uh, betting opportunities will be coming to the state of Iowa in, well, a week? A one week. What's, is, that, is July 1st a week from te- No, it's before that, isn't it? What? Today's the 24th. Well, today is the 26th anniversary of, De- of Sports Talk Radio coming to Des Moines. I knew that. It is. Yes. 26 years. On huh? to year 27 for the old man. Look at you. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, next week we'll be able to do this. All right, we'll take our break. We'll come back. Uh, but before we do that, time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNORightNo.com right now. When you get there, enter this keyword. Check. At KXNO.com. Check at KXNO.com your chance to win a thousand. Miller and Condon will be joined by Tom Cakert as he makes his way back from Madison Square Garden in the Big Apple. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Name member FDIC. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, 1040, Miller and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Dave Sproul on Iowa State, Mike Palm from Circus Sports in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, an opportunity to win Claxon's Barbecue as well. If you missed it, the keyword at KXNO.com for $1,000. Our number one is check. Well, let's go to Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He's got a busy weekend ahead of him. It's a busy weekend at Iowa. We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, but, Tom, as always, we appreciate you coming on. So, uh, before we get into Keegan, etc., what's the atmosphere like at an NBA draft, Tom? Uh, the Knicks didn't have a high pick, um, which I'm assuming might have made a bit of a difference, but what's the NBA draft like to attend? You know what the the weirdest things I saw was like some of the kids who didn't get invited but were there, like oh, the, yeah. the brown kid uh, from Kansas and guys like that. And they're just like walking around in the concourse, all dressed up. And 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 then I tie tie Washington. I'm up like getting. I got some uh, dinner up on the concourse. They just gave us a little voucher thing to go up and get some food. Ty Ty Washington, who's a who's a lot, or you know, a guy who got invited there, was up in the concourse eating chicken fingers. <laughs> it was just with his whole entourage. It was just it was just different. It was weird. It was um, just, but boy, they put on a good show. I mean, it's uh, it was cool to be there and to 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 see that for um, just for for Keegan and Kenyon and Michelle. Um, um, to be able to be around them, and I'm just thankful they gave me so much access to yeah. um, to everything, and and you know, wandered down there on the floor and um, spent some time with them at their table, and just the excitement in their eyes was just something. It, it was great to see a guy that Tom, we've had the conversation. Not many people believed in. Not many people believed in both at the high school level and even after the prep year. It was. You're not only given one scholarship, given two scholarships to these guys. They're going to tie up two scholarships, and now you got Keegan as a lottery pick and the highest ever in Iowa history, and Chris maybe right behind him next year off to the NBA. That moment and the lead up did did they have a good feeling going into when the draft started mm. that he was going to go four? Was it still a wait and see? How was the process leading into after Benchero goes number one and into the fourth pick? Yeah, that was such a wild thing. Just that when when uh, Bonchero goes uh, goes goes uh, one, everybody kind of thinks that that. But the other thing that happened was, I think if Jaden Ivey hadn't bullied the 
bullied the Kings. He may have gone four, right. but um, he just basically bullied them and just they didn't want to, you know, problem child there or potential problem child there. Uh, so they went with the next best option. And then kind of going into it, some of the rumblings, just talking to Kenyon and uh, uh, just about what was going on or what he was hearing from the agents was there was some talk that maybe the uh, the, the Pacers were going to put together a deal and, you know, because they really liked him and they were going like, to send Malcolm Brogdon or something or Duarte or mm. somebody like that. And their, their sixth pick to um, Sacramento and for uh, for the four, and, and so they could get Keegan. And it just didn't nothing nothing came of it so um you know there was some talk that spurs might move up to try to get the four but um and but they didn't do anything either interesting tom cakert is our guest well tom uh not only a successful day for the hawkeye men's basketball programming having a lottery pick uh but they uh added to the uh, added to the roster yesterday with uh Koch and uh brock harding uh both new commitments yeah. for coach mccaffrey pretty good day yeah, it was a really good day for uh, for uh, Fran. Um, you know, a good uh, good boost to the program, a little recruiting momentum. Fun thing with with Harding, who's a 2023 point guard, and I've got to see Brock play quite a bit just because he's a Quad City kid and at Moline. And uh, you know, I'll share this with you guys. I about three or four years ago, um, the guy who trains most of the uh, just basically every good basketball player in the area is a guy named Jordan Delp, or at least he did until he took an assistant job at Augustana and, and he's an excellent guy, great person too. And, um, and a friend. And so we're uh, with him one day, a couple of years ago, it was right after like Carton, DJ Carton was getting done. And I go, I go, Jordan, who's the next guy? And, he, and this was when Brock was a freshman. He goes, Brock Harding, huh. without question. He's the next D1 guy. So um, he knew. And he's a good good point guard. He's tough. And and Cooper, I saw him this, this spring, and boy, he can shoot it. And he's just a smart player. He's not, like, super bouncy or anything, but, but he just knows how to play. And he can – a corner jump shot is just – I didn't see him miss the whole day. Top 50 type guy, Cooper Koch, is that what we're looking at? I didn't see a Rivals ranking for him. Top 50, top 100. Where do you think he's going to fall in the Rivals rankings? I think he's probably going to be a top 100 kid. Um, and he's he's probably the best player on on a really good Indiana elite team. I was offered a couple of his teammates now, too. Um, Travis Perry, who's the point guard on that team, and that's a 2024 team, and also Riley Burgess who's a big man, um, kind of a little bit like a um, similar Luca Garza kind of guy. Um, you know, not overly bouncy, but but just really effective in the on the low block. Well, Tom, let's get to the weekend, and uh, I know it's 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 going to be busy for you and uh, and, your, and your team over there at at HawkeyeReport.com. Tell us what you yeah. expect, Tom. Yeah, it's going to be, um, uh, boy. You know, the biggest recruiting weekend maybe that they've ever had. Uh, you know, one of the things that's going to be a concern this weekend, guys, to be honest, is weather. Oh. Because they, you know, they kind of build this around the Iowa City block party, and it kind of puts on the best front for uh, Iowa City. Mm-hmm. You get a really busy downtown, a lot of families, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of people just downtown having fun, and it's, it's, uh, makes the, 
city seemed bigger than it is in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just a uh, super fun time. And we're supposed to have like rain all day tomorrow and thunderstorms and they're probably going to be all washed out. And uh, that's going to kind of impact maybe some of their plans, what they were doing. So, um, but you know, you got Proctor coming in town and he's down to Iowa and Alabama. So it's, um, that's, that's a big deal. And, and there's a lot of other guys that I, I know that their goal was to maybe approach the ideally maybe get the 20 commits by the end of the month. So we'll see if they can get that done. I, I don't know if they'll get that far, but, um, but I think they'll make some headway at least. So outside of Caden Proctor, who's the apple of your eye? Who's a guy that you really like a prospect coming in? You feel like they can get a commitment. Yeah, everybody wants Proctor this weekend. That's what they want this to be, the end game to be. Who else is at the top of Tom Cakert's list? Boy, I think it's going to be all those offensive linemen like Howland or um, uh, Trask, guys like that. I, I just think some of those guys are going to start to fall. I think you just kind of get a little momentum. You saw that earlier this week with the big kid Leonard, the 6'9 kid that committed. So there's only going to be so many spots, and you can kind of start doing the math and, and putting the squeeze on guys a little bit and say, hey, we've only got this many spots left, so you might want to jump on the train now or the train's going to leave without you. So I think that's, some of that's going to be going on, too. Uh, if the they don't jump on NIL, the train's going to be leaving without a lot of, uh, a lot of guys. So... <laughs> Tom, are you, what are you hearing regarding Proctor? There's been some crazy money uh, and incentives out there that we've heard uh, that uh, apparently was on a podcast, the uh, washed-up walk-ons. What are you hearing, Tom? Yeah. Is that legit that there's a million dollars in a car uh, for for Caden Proctor if indeed he becomes a Hawk? I, I, I can pretty much say that that's not really what's, what's happening. <laughs> but... Um, it, uh, I, I don't know. I, that, I've not heard that level of money. Um, you know, and, and Kirk's been kind of, I think Kirk talked about it with, with Chad Leistico this week. That, you know, he's just not going to be about giving guys bags of cash mm-hmm. coming in. And he just kind of wants to um, give everybody equal amounts of money. And that's, you know, his decision, what he wants to do. Uh, but, I think there's maybe some some folks who are supporters of Iowa who might um, <laughs> yeah. take matters into their own hands, <laughs> which so, is fine to do. Which is which is totally legal. Yep. yep. And and uh, so you know if if that's what happens, that's what ha- that's what happens down at um, you know with the Miami Hurricanes. Yep. So what's going on down there with the Ruiz guy? He's just like. I'll just I'm just handling all these deals. I'm not talking to you guys, so well, you know. And everybody, all these boosters for Iowa know who Caden Proctor is, and yeah. yep. you know he's a special talent. Indeed, he is. Tom, thanks for doing this for us. Safe uh, flight. You're uh, what? You're one uh, one flight away from being home. Oh no, I'm home. Oh, you're I'm, back I'm already. Back wow. Cities. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, back in the Quad Cities. I'm over at Jake Travas is putting on the. Rally for Reed event over at Davenport Assumption. So I just arrived here and I'm going to go talk to Jake and Tristan Wirfs and some other guys. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we'll read all about it. You'll have a busy weekend at HawkeyeReport.com. Yeah. Tom, thanks for doing this, bud. Appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me yeah, on, guys. Talk to you next week. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. Wow, that's good connection flights. As many flights have been canceled here yeah. as of late. Uh, Caker uh, catches uh, catches his break maybe to get back. Just saw my flight out to Vegas. Was supposed to leave at about four o'clock in August. In August, August eleventh Thursday. Right, has been moved back to nine p.m. Oh, that stinks. Not pleased. Make other arrangements. We're working on it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, we'll come back. We'll finish up hour number one. Busy second hour of the program. We'll start with Dave Sproul. We'll get the latest on Iowa State from our buddy at uh, KASI. Mike Palm from Circus Sports and Claxon's Barbecue. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. 800 bets off. Couple of minutes here of hour number one on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. You know, Trent, with uh, so draft heavy, etc., the last couple of days, um, kind of the Shohei Otani week kind of got biased. Right. Um, an eight RBA, uh, eight RBI game followed up the next night. We struck out 13 in a game. Did you see the tweet that? These players had never had eight RBI in a game. Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Pujols, and Bonds. These pitchers never struck out 13. Catfish, Lefty Grove, Jack Morris, Tom Glavin, and Shohei Otani did it on back-to-back days. Consecutive days. So here's my question. Uh, because it's about time the Angels have to re-sign him. I think he's got maybe one more year. Oh, okay. And he's a... Why you can go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no arbitration. It's uh, You can go and play wherever. Where's he end up? Yankees? No, it's as simple as that. <laughs> what else is there? You want him to go to the Cubs. Oh, well, they never, yeah, that would be good. That would move the needle <laughs> business-wise. Right. Uh, that would be great. Yes. Will they be ready to contend or at least be getting closer by 2024? Well, that's what he says. He wants to. He, he's going to play somewhere where he can win. Mm-hmm. That means more to him, apparently, uh, than well, he's going to take the money. Don't get me wrong. The Cubs might be a hard sell, though. That's true. At that point, since he's been in baseball, they haven't been very good. Nope. Major League Baseball. Nope. They have not been very good. Mm-hmm. A little bit more difficult sell. Does he move across town? The Dodgers definitely could see that, right? Yeah. Don't even have to change address if you, you know, don't want to. Probably not. Interesting. Well, what a, what a week for Shohei Otani. What a, what a um, what a player. My gosh. All right, hour number two coming up. We'll start with Iowa State conversation. We'll get Mike Palm from Circus Sports, and we'll give four of you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons, thirty one thirty one Eighth Street Southwest in Altoona. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Con in Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO.